What a massive weekend it was in Sydney town. Uh, Mardi Gras back up and running after a hiatus yep. for COVID, and the town went bonkers. It truly was an overwhelming experience, and uh, to get the lowdown, to get the skinny. Owen, <laughs> our guy on the ground out there, frontline troops, how was it? Amazing. Did it meet all your expectations and everything you were hoping for out of this event? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, on Friday we had the welcome party, which I was saying about, and it was a ticketed event. Yes. Massive. About 20,000 people at Domain. It was just manic how yeah. big the crowd was. Carly Minogue headlined it. And then, yes. of course, Danny Minogue. What the hell? Did anyone see that coming? Did you know? <laughs> but that was so good, like, and things went crazy. And then, of course, Saturday was the parade. The parade. Uh, and it was, people were lining the streets from, like, midday. It was so busy. They cut off the street, I think, from 5 o'clock. This just yeah. sort of stuck on one half of the city. So previously, previously. for any, anyone who, who doesn't is unaware, because of COVID, it was... Yes. The SCG, right? And they would do a lap. Yeah, that's and, right. So the last two years, it's been the SCG, a ticketed event, uh, which has had, was a bit controversial, but it's what we had to do during the time, yeah. right? Yeah. Now it's back on Oxford Street, where it belongs. Where it belongs, back on its home ground, the original and the best that uh, made And you know what, Mickey, the best thing about it all, mate, is the fact that it all went off without a hitch. Well, there was no, all the footage that I, my daughter's been down there for, uh, she went on, her, her best friend, um, Scott is is a gay man who's one of the best blokes I've met, and she she went down Thursday night. She had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and today, and and watching her on social media, everyone's just in a great mood. There's but, been there's no aggression. There's no. It's just everyone having fun. That's it, right? Everyone is there to have fun. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but everyone's there to party, enjoy themselves, and just have a good time. And I think there was limited. You can count on one hand how many arrests there were. There's yeah, so sure. many thousands That's, of people. So that just shows how good. It's just such a good natured, inclusive event that I don't see how you could bring any bad karma uh, to it. I know it's happened in the past. I sincerely hope that we're way past Bloody uh, all of that. How are the bears? Because I was Jim Jeffries told me I'd be a bear. <laughs> yeah, if I was bears a game. Were the bears represented? Yes, there How'd is a, bears, go? Were we a good? bears float. When my favourite is the, the bears, bears float. <laughs> and the bears... could have been an honorary <laughs> bear, yeah, don't you, you reckon? Absolutely. And the bears don't dance, which every other float has a nice routine. <laughs> the bears are just walking around in their shorts and t-shirts. Oh, that is you. <laughs> next, year, next year, we've got to do a a competition. Some of our listeners can join Mickey on the, the bear float. Well, look, i tell you what. We've got Lee Sales coming up, and I can't wait to see what she did. But maybe we could take some calls later for pe- people who were there, yeah. who experiences, mm-hmm. what they made of it. Um, well done, Owen. And is it done? What have we still got yeah. to come? Uh, so there's a week of festivities. <laughs> <laughs> the Mardi Gras weekend is yes. bleeding out. into. Uh, so what happens this week? Uh, so this week there's things going on every night, and then on Saturday is a big beach party at Bondi. Oh, which I'll see you can only you there. imagine what the beach party's going to be like at Bondi. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of uh, uh, <laughs> Freddie Mercury-style tennis shorts. Yes. Is what I'm seeing. Yes. I'll be down there in my rash vest. And my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Still to come on Mick and MG in the morning, Mick tells a cracking story about telling off Harry Styles at a pub in London. Lee Sales joins us ahead of Australian Story returning to screens tonight, 8pm on ABC, and... Premier Dom Perrottet also pops by for a chat. The big story of the morning. This is a bombshell. Are you sitting down, Sydney? Uh, what I'm about to tell you will change the way you look at the world forever because the, the bloke sitting next to me over the weekend, MG, bought a winery. <laughs> well, he, no, explain yourself. I bought into a winery. So you bought into a winery. 
The last I heard, you were heading off to Leeton yes. to do a speaking gig. I went, good on you, yep. MG. That's it. Stay in your lane. No problemo. And then over sort of Sunday, you just casually send me a text going, oh, yeah, no, Leeton was great. Bought a winery. <laughs> now, explain yourself. Because when you went up there, you yep. were banging on about some tawny port and lemonade. You were yes. going to go up and have a drink. You get a very good memory. Well done. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a... Uh, uh, a young bloke up there called Frankie, um, who I was going to visit, and he's um, he's got a, a brand of a drink called Tawny Lemonade, which is basically called Happy Days. He then told me about <laughs> his uncle, who has a brewery. He has a, no a winery. A, a, winery. a winery. Sorry, a winery. Yeah. Um, you've got the brewery. I've got the brewery. So, <laughs> but between us, we can. We're taking over. We could just, just hang out and get pissed. <laughs> we already do that. What are you talking about? We already do that. So, I um, Frank said, come a bit earlier. Um, and my uncle will put on a bit of a display for uh, uh, wine tasting wine at the tasting. winery. So I went around Perfect. Lilypilly Estate, it's called. Um, the wines are Lilypilly wines. And um, at the end of the day, after we were looking around the, the farm, it's a 52-year-old business, family business. They yeah. migrated from Italy um, in the early 50s. Yep. Um, and now I looked at the wines and I had a little taste. Uh, these wines are now – these wines, by the way, Mickey, the Lilypilly Estate wines are – Look out, he's getting, he's getting into it, promoting uh, his they're in, winery, they're in, they're in business class on Qantas. <laughs> They're the, wines you, they're the wines you drink when you have a... Well, a, if I sat up the front of the yeah, plane, well, I would be, but I'm down with the rank and file. With me. Yeah, yeah no, mate, I know you. You turn up in your pyjamas. You expect to be in the first class no, I, cabin. I steal them. Every time. So, Lily Pilly Wines. Yep. Um, so, when I think of the great wine-growing regions, I think Burgundy, Napa Valley, Parossa, and now Narendra. <laughs> Out near camera, and so which wine was it that got you across the line? So you're doing a tasting. Yeah, I did. Like they had oh, five reds, five whites. They had some boutique um, dessert wines. I didn't, I'm not a real fan of them. I like the Sav Blancs. I like the, a crack. Yeah, I know you would. I've got a crack. I've got a crack with material. I've got a crate coming for you. Don't worry. I've got a crate. Don't worry about that. That'll get us oh, through God. the six to oh, seven hour. Oh God! I'm going to be like Boonie so trying to break that record during a show. So you know, how rec- yeah. Recently, I bought a into a greyhound. Well, now I'm into grapes. So it's, I'm I'm looking for a third G. What is wrong with you? So on one hand, you're at the greyhound races. The next, you're at the winery. <laughs> I can't keep up. <laughs> Because uh, we've come a long way with wine in this country. Mm. If you remember back in the day uh, where, when I was a lad, uh, I, and you wanted to buy something nice for your girlfriend, I go, a uh, carafe of Moselle and orange, please. <laughs> or a flag. Uh, a flag. Cask wine. Yes. Remember, and remember they brought out the really uh, ritzy cask wines, oh, which were like yeah. two litres. Hello. Yep. Um, and then uh, my favourite ones were Benin. But remember Benin? No. Oh, well, you're too young. Yeah, you're too young. I do, but I remember. Blue Nun? Blue Nun. Blue. Oh, look, here comes Tash. Oh, come uh, on. An old piss pot from way back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Shut up. Benin, Blue Nun. What else? Who's a Blue Nun? Oh, Blue Nun. <laughs> oh, the fancy Moselle was very, very. Black Tower. Remember Black Tower wine? I do remember Black Tower. Um, Black Tower. What about uh, Blackberry Nip? <laughs> Remember Blackberry Nip? <laughs> do you know? Do you remember this? This might have just been me. We used to blow up the empty cask silver thing and use it as a pillow. Yes, you? if you're staying at a festival or something. Yeah. Yes, no, that was just it's at home. The bladder. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I'm in. I'm in the greyhounds and now grapes. What's? I need something else with a G. What do else? you? Yeah. What else could I get? Yeah. Maybe Valentine's Day next year. Where's the wine tasting? <laughs> well, you're gonna have to bring him in. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, all right. Well, we could, we, we, I've already got a tab there, don't I? You've got a, you've got an open tab. 
You've got well, part of that. So I'm a brewery. You own a winery. I've bought into a winery. Yeah, Louis Pilly Estate at Leighton. Yes. Would you describe it as an impulse buy? Ah, yes, I would. You're up there. You got carried away. You love the wines, and you're in Lily Pilly Wines. Get on board. This will be a good one. Have you have you made an impulse buy? One triple three five three. Have you gone away for a weekend and come back owning a winery? Can we get? Can we do a bus trip here? All the whole for everyone here up to the winery. And it's got to be like a Bucks party. You know what a Bucks party turns up at a wine tasting? Oh, oh, I'm going to hold your winery in a siege situation. <laughs> Good luck getting me out of there. Day eight, we'll run out of food before we run out of wine. Uh, we're asking people, uh, what's your impulse buy? John's on the line. Uh, John, uh, did you ever uh, go early or go off uh, because you were just impulsive? I didn't go early. How's it going? <laughs> What'd you do, Johnny? <laughs> what did you do, mate? Eagles cat. Anyway. Um, what did I do? I was Sunday afternoon cooking a barbie for the family, way too many ales while I had my phone, I was on the auction site. Oh yeah. And um I bought what six dash cams, four action cameras, six of those Bluetooth speakers, those um those um little, you know, charge your phone solar panel things. Yep. Eight yeah. of them and I didn't even know then the next morning I wake up, Monday morning at work. Reading me emails, it's like, congratulations on your win. Six emails on congratulations on my win. I'm like, how did I win? I went on. Well, lo and behold, $2,800 later, I bought a whole lot of crap and it's still sitting in the box today. I was wondering why you needed six dash cams. Yes. <laughs> I haven't used one of them yet. I gave one away. They I gave are, one away. Don't worry, mate. It's a sound investment and one that will uh, give you a big return one day soon. Thanks, John. Scott's on the line. Scott, uh, made hey. an impulse buy? Yeah, mate, sure did. Uh, my missus told me she was pregnant, so I decided to buy myself a push present. I went and bought a brand new uh, Nissan Navara. <laughs> Uh, the getaway vehicle, <laughs> <laughs> was it? <clears throat> and the baby seat doesn't even fit in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And how long ago was that? Uh, six months ago. Six oh, months I'm ago. Still, so you I'm still, still, still haven't had... House. So you don't, has baby arrived yet? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's arrived. He's arrived. All right. What's, Just his, okay. what's his name? Little fella. Hudson. Oh, nice. Hudson Gray Madden. Oh, well, there you go, Hudson. I'm sure you'll uh, have a long life. <laughs> With Hudson in a car that can't have a baby seat. Kat, <laughs> you made an impulse buy, did you not? Yeah, I was living in Adelaide and there was this big fun park down south that was doing a big auction. It was shutting down. And so we thought that'll be fun. They're auctioning off everything that was inside this fun park. So a mate and I went and we just got a bit carried away and had had a few at lunch. Uh. We bought a 30-foot high water slide and <laughs> neither of us had a backyard. We both lived in apartments. <laughs> How much was it? It was only five hundred bucks. Oh, we still. thought it was hilarious. We still got it. <laughs> no, we left it there. We went. We actually. How are we even going to take this home it's in a car? Give, give you eight hundred bucks for it. <laughs> right now. New to Sydney breakfast. Mick and MG in the morning on Triple M. Tick tock, Checking the latest online. It's Mick Talk. Here's what they're talking about online at the moment on all your platforms, uh, all through socials. Adam Levine. Levine Levine. I think it's Levine. Levine. Uh, who cares? Oh, mate. Now, on, I love yeah. this. We're, we're making a list of yep. all the guys on your list. You are 
starting to come out and throw a few haymakers with people you don't like, and you're on record now. Who's on the list so far? Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran's on there. Um, I don't know what he did to offend you, but he's on your list. Who else is on your list? I think he just tries too hard. Rock. The Rock's on there. The Rock? Yeah, The Rock's on there. The Rock's on your list. Who else? Yeah. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark. Now, Marky Mark, I don't understand what he ever did to you. Well, he, I, I interviewed him about 10 years ago, and he came into the studio with his right hand with this, like, little poxy bandage on it. And we kind of figured out after it that it was because he didn't want to shake anyone's hand. Um, there was nothing wrong with him. And, and ever since then, I've kind of held a grudge against him. So What a dickhead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then what we, so a you, you're Jerk. getting around my list, I know. All right, now he's on my list too. Yeah. And someone else newly added to your list is Adam Levine. Yeah, he Levine. is. He's... What's your beef with him? Well, he's not a real good singer. He um, he's 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 a bit of a a player. He you know he likes to slide into DMs of of, of attractive ladies. He plays up on his misses and uh, he's. And Karma come and bit him on the ass, Mickey, because he just bought a, a car for a million dollars and it's a, it's a bodgy one. It's a fake. <laughs> so it's a fake. <laughs> he bought a 1971 Maserati vintage <laughs> and tests out it's a fake. You idiot. There's Karma. a mill you won't get back, you jerk. Uh, so he's he's the Maroon Five front man, you know, yep. and he is in the papers a bit. Women do not like this guy because he did no. cheat on his wife, who's a supermodel, right? She's yeah. like beautiful, man, couple of kids. Uh, he's got a couple of kids, and he was caught putting it about a bit. Yes, um, and so I think everyone is slyly enjoying the fact that the guy just got rolled for uh, <laughs> a mill. <laughs> I mean, how do you know? I'm looking at it here. It looks like a bongo van. And why you'd pay a million dollars for for that thing? It's, it's, like, a it's like a watch. You, it's like a watch you buy in Bali. You know, if you're going to get your Maserati, get it from a dealer. You don't just. It looks like a kit car. It does you know? look a kit car. <laughs> what a dick! That uh, imagine another, seeing another one, him. Another guy who has a penchant for having his shirt off all the time. He's, he's yes. never got his shirt on. He doesn't mm. like putting his shirt on. He's got those tats that, you know, oh, they're not like, yeah. uh, they're not bikey tats. They're not criminal tats. They're not sailor tats. They're like fashion designed tats, which really ruin it for everyone, don't they? I think so. Like, uh, tats used to mean something. It would mean you're either, <laughs> now it's just what it means. You know, I'm a jerk. I'm a fashionista jerk. Um,. Anyway, uh, good luck to him. Uh, have fun <laughs> driving your stupid car, <laughs> you knob. <laughs> you love it. Oh. rugby league brawls, to media scrums, from green grass stains, to red carpet burns, from hit-ups to Hollywood. With the latest in entertainment news, it's OMG, MG. OMG, MG. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, what are you shining a light on today? Well, I'm sorry, I'm shining the light on one of the probably the, the the guy in the world is the most hottest right now. Um, Harry Harry Styles. Harry Styles. So now, when you say right hot, now. you mean hot as in everything professional, or you find him sexual? Well, I, I find him very sexual. Yeah, I think because of maybe some. So your type. It would be my type. It would, you would turn. I would turn for him. If you would turn, that would be. Yeah. Harry's the type. Harry, Harry's the type. Yeah. This is a huge tour. This guy is as big as it 
gets oh. in the world right now. And by all reports, the concerts are just going yeah. off. He, he's a great entertainer. He's apparently his banter with the audience as well. It's top shelf. Yeah. Um, yep. He's engaging. The kids love him. And in this particular instance, he's made himself famous for popping on a Bunnings hat. How good. Uh, was this in Melbourne? The yeah, Melbourne concert, Melbourne. was it? Yeah, Marvel Stadium. Have you yeah. got some audio here at the moment? There he is, and I think he got, he got it out yeah. of the audience, Someone didn't he? Yeah. Someone's, Someone's thrown it on, put it on. And here it is. There it is, a $7 Bunnings hat. And guess who wore one all weekend? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. What is wrong with well, you? You're supposed to be the smartest you, woman it, in the room. I, as if you'd paint. As I if you'd do anything I around did. there. Oh, what, with the Bunnings hat on? I was... Sun smart, Bunnings hat on, painting all yeah, you're, weekend. You're indoors. No, I, I don't care about if he's got good banter or not. There's something about Harry. I don't oh. know what it is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got that charisma. Factor. There's only a couple of us who have it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> morning, morning, ladies. <laughs> Hello, girls. Dinner's on. Oh, yeah. Did you say dinner's on? You know what he should have done? He should have done a hattie. Yes. You know he yes. does a shoey. Yes. He did a shoey. He's got the hat. He should have done a hattie. Yeah, wow. that's true. So Bunnings, of course, can't believe their luck. Oh. Um, uh, so there he goes. You know what he should do? Have a, like a Bunnings sausage sizzle on stage. Oh, maybe, yes. maybe for an encore. <laughs> yes. Comes out the hat. And puts. If you want to endear yourself to Australians, that would be it. Harry Styles wears a Bunnings hat. What's next? Taylor Swift wearing a Baker's Delight open. I don't know. Can I tell you uh, my story? So oh, yes. I'm in a London nightclub. Uh, I won't go into the details why I'm there. Yes. It's White Lotus or something like that. A very famous what? club. Anyway, I see this. This is back in the One Direction days. And I see this guy up at the bar and he's obviously a One Direction fan and he's dressed exactly like Harry Styles, right, top to bottom. And I go... I can't handle this. I'm going to have to go and say a word. So I, I go up to this guy at the bar and I go, mate, seriously, it's okay to like him, right, but come on, it's getting a bit much. Just dial it down a notch. So I walk back to my friends and go, what did he say? What did he say? I go, who? They go, Harry Styles. No! Oh, no! It, what? It was Harry Styles. And I was sitting there going, come on, mate, dial it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was Harry Styles. So how, uh, tall, how tall is he? Is he, is he a tall man? Uh, he's not tall. He's, he's, little, he's, he's, he's not little, remarkable in any way. A little which guy. Is, oh, yes, he which is. Which is why, yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. He is, but he isn't. If yeah, he's, right. If you were in a room with him, he's, it's like me. You don't feel <laughs> like <laughs> you're being blown I think, I think out of the room. I think you've got him covered, Bear. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep doing this. When we come back, this Marky Mark, oh. I need to talk to you. OMG, MG continues. <laughs> As the big fella here oh. hooks in to so Marky Mark, you wouldn't turn for Marky Mark, no. but you would for Harry Styles. Yes, I would for Harry Styles. No. We're getting to the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs>
three days before uh, we're open for business. Yes. Can I ask you? Yes, you can. Uh, right now, over the next three days, you're going to unveil some big predictions. Yes, I'm on gonna, the show. I'm going to do the. Uh, I think I'm going to do the top eight most improved. I'm going to do the Dally M, who I think I'm going to do the premiers. Um, and today, I thought I would start with the teams. Start with the bottom and work our way up because these are the. I've got five teams who I think basically are no chance of winning the competition. All right, can I ask you straight off the bat? Have you have you singled someone out for the spoon? Not yet. Not yet. I will, but okay. By the Come end of this, on, co- no. Okay, damn but, it. But, is it crystal but, ball? I thought whatever okay. the crystal ball. You're by the end of this conversation, the... I'll give you my wooden spoon. By the end of the conversation, I'll, yeah. So I've got five. <laughs> I've got five teams who can't win the comp. Hey, you're being very cagey about this. I've got five teams. <laughs> tell me. I will. Right, I will. What do you do? Who's going to be the fifth bottom? So, no, so I've got. You're not t- doing them in order. I've got Warriors, Dragons, Knights, Dolphins, and Titans, who I think are going to be in the bottom five. The All one, right. Any bombshells there? Right. Anyone you've really. Any, where will the controversy come from there? Look, Dragons fans don't like it when you say something about their team. <laughs> Um, but I think they'd, they'll admit at the moment their team's a bit of a rabble. Not I, troubling I, well. I, I don't think they'll come last. I, I, I think I think it's either going to be the Dolphins or the Knights. I think the Dolphins. I think because they're a new team with new franchises. They've got a lot of a lot of experience in the forwards, but I, unfortunately, I think they've got a lot of inexperience in the backs uh, to finish tries off. So I think Wayne Bennett, I'm not sure whether he's gotten a wooden spoon before as a coach, but he's Jeez. he's the most highly decorated coach in our game. I get it. No, and and you, you you have been a sponge since you've come up here to Sydney. You, you've you've been loving, well not not I'm trying. I'm trying. You I'm, are. I've been very honest about my knowledge yes. of the game. I'm listening. So I'm, I'm learning, say, especially from you. It's Dolphins. like a, it's like a Yoda style relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but so the Dolphins, just because they're the new franchise, because I think so. I think there's going to be a bit of a short term pain before long term game because overnight they've signed. Thomas Flegler and Herbie Farnworth for season 2024, which is two good signings. Yeah. Um, Penrith, on the other hand, um, Spencer Lenu, who is their young firebrand, is being chased by both the Bulldogs and, and the Roosters, um, which goes to show you when you win comps, your carcass gets eaten and, and picked yeah, at. Sure. So that's they've lost Appy Coruscant, Kikau, Katoa, Jennings, Hopgood, O'Sullivan, Staines and Serraldo since last year, Penrith. And what's your beef with the Knights? Why, why, why are you rating them so poorly? They're a one-horse town. It's yeah. a big, big uh, you know, They're base losing. up there. Why, what's wrong with that club? Well, they just don't seem to be able to keep their good players. David Clem has gone to the Tigers and looks like he's, he's reinvented himself. Uh, Dom Young, the most up-and-coming outside back, looks like he's going to the Roosters. So yeah. uh, I, there, there seems to be something wrong with the Knights at the moment okay. that we can't put our finger on. There's your bottom five, people. In coming days, we'll get the real guff. I'm waiting to hear where you've got Melbourne Storm. Oh, yeah. have to be up the point here. Yeah, they are. I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mick and MJ in the morning. Triple M. Well, one of the greatest broadcasters this country's ever produced returns after a six-month sabbatical uh, to join the Australian Story Team. This sounds like a cushy job to me <laughs> after what she's been up to. Please welcome back uh, to the Airways on Triple M, Lee Sales. How are you, Lee? Hey, guys. Uh, good. Look, I can't lie. Compared to 7.30 and having to be on, you know, every single night, it's it's pretty sweet. It is sweet. It's a It's a terrific show and one I love. It's there's so much bad news on TV. There's so many terrible stories, most of which you would had front row seats to. But this is a great change of pace that celebrates great people, great Australians, and and great lives well lived. It's such a I completely agree, and it's it's just always been like that. And I think you know it's just so great that 
what it does is it gives you the full context of people's lives. And often what the news does, it gives you these frozen moments of the worst days of people's lives. And then the next day it moves on to the worst day of somebody else's life. Whereas Australian Story, it can be something, you know, there was a story last year about Lisa Curry. And of course, you know, she's had that tragedy of losing her daughter, but it yeah. gives you the full context of, but you know, she still gets joy with her other kids and she's had a lot of support from her husband. And so you get that full picture yeah. of somebody's life. Surely my name's come up as a good subject matter for uh, for an ep. Surely you can throw my name in the, into the ring. It's an epic Look, story, mate, a, a rags to riches and a... a you, uh, you know, the, the wish list, like, number two is Ash Barty, number one is Mick Malone. Yeah, right up the top. Do you yeah. know what, funny, funny when you said that, it reminded me of the TV show, This Is Your Life. And mm. so, so when I was on leave, um, I recently got mistaken for Mel Doyle and this woman came up to me and she goes, <laughs> she goes I was stoked because I think Mel Doyle was Yeah, absolutely. And she goes, um, oh, I just want to say, this is your life is unreal. <laughs> well, I, I get confused with Matt Preston a lot. I get, oh, I love your wrestles. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Ron Jeremy, best of the story. Now, so, let's so look. Lee, what did you do? So you had six months sabbatical. Um, yep. What did you do to relax and how did you unwind? So I I just did a – do you know, to be honest, uh, mate, what, what – what is relaxing when you've had a news job is not having to watch the news. Yeah. That, that by far was the most um, refreshing thing of of everything I did was just getting up and not having to check what was on the news and not paying attention yep. to the news. Um, I did. I've, I started learning the cello. I've always wanted to oh, learn the cello. Cello. And um, and so I started doing that. I'm really horrendous. Have you moment, have but... you done the Jaws theme yet? Can you do? <laughs> Can you do? <laughs> I'm building up to that. I've got one note that needs two. Um, uh, see, there aren't many people who you can say, yeah, I took a year off radio. What did I do? Went on seven day benders. <laughs> well, at least sales, I'm going to learn the cello. <laughs> Very contrasting. Oh, I just, you are. just imagining if I'd rung in and I'd said to Mick, what did you do? And he's like, I learnt the Coron play. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be surprised or impressed? <laughs> Look, bit of, bit of both. I also was recognised one day, Mick, um, by this woman who didn't know me except when I said my name and she's like, oh, I love it when you go on the radio with Mick Malloy. Are you that girl? <laughs> well, I'm glad. That's one of the many strings to your bow. You say... Your sabbatical was not watching news. When my sabbatical for Triple M were, was was not listening to Bon Jovi, basically. <laughs> Word on the street is uh, you've knocked out another book over the. You've learnt the cello and uh, put the finishing touches on a book during a sabbatical. You're making us all look bad. Yes. No, it's just kind of embarrassing, really, isn't it? It's, I can't. I, I'm just one of those people. It's, I blame my childhood. I, bl I blame having a father in the military. I feel like I'm being lazy if I'm not doing stuff all the time. Well, say my father was in the military. I'm a, I'm a rough brat. So I don't. What was your what? Army brat. Army brat. There you yeah. go. And uh, yeah, the discipline never rubbed off on me. I'm afraid. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I. I actually I did finish it uh, when I was on off, but I'd been working on it for yeah. a few years, um, and so yeah, it's called Storytellers. It's about um, it's it's a series of conversations with a whole lot of the top journalists in the in the country. Oh but, wow! Yeah, it's really like That'd Laurie Oates and Tracy Grimshaw and a whole heap of people, and it breaks down the craft right down to like how do you make a contact, how do you find a new angle on a story, you know, stuff like that. Well, and do you reference all the interviews or, or a selection of interviews that you've done over the not, journey? Not 
Not really myself. It's more talking to other people about things. And so there's other people who are talking about big famous stories that they've been on, like Chris Reason from Channel 7 about covering Threadbow and um, Samantha Maiden talking about how she broke that big story recently about Scott Morrison secretly being on holidays in Hawaii during the bushfires and things like that. So she talks about, like, well, how did she actually find that story? Mm, you know? yeah. So it's actually, it's kind of, if you're interested in behind the scenes of the media it's, it's and how journalists do their job, it's very interesting. Hey, sneak behind, uh, sneaky look behind the camera. Um, that uh, that'll become a central oh, reading yeah. for anyone who wants uh, to have a future in the media. Now let's turn our attention to Australian story tonight. I've, yeah. I think it's always interesting when you see someone starting a new job, who they choose, and uh, I think it can be telling. Uh, who have you chosen as the first subject matter for uh, Australian story? I've got to be honest. While while I was um, on leave, you know, in in my neck up to my neck in cello practice, somebody else chose the first <laughs> driving. I've got to be honest. <laughs> That's the attitude. All while right, I was well... trying to master the jaws thing, someone else. <laughs> jumped no, look, it's it's actually awesome. You know, sometimes when you watch the news, certainly for me, towards the end of seven thirty, I'd watch the news and I'd just feel completely depressed and yep. feel like all the problems in the world are just too big and overwhelming. Yep. And so it's easier to just switch them off and binge watch something and eat a <laughs> packet of twisties. I don't know if that's just me, but that's sure. what I would do. Um, so this actually, when I finished watching this episode tonight, I just felt so hopeful and optimistic. Um, and it was just the exact opposite of how the news makes me feel. It was about this, it's about this guy called Saul Griffith who lives south of Sydney. He's this amazing guy who's an engineer. He grew up in one of those households where his dad, you know, would like pull apart the entire car and then put it back together. Um, he's from the gong, so isn't he? Is he from the gong? gong. Yeah. He's from the Gong, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he went, studied engineering. He got into MIT, that very prestigious American university, and then he had a big career in engineering in the US. He's moved back home and he's interested in climate change and he's got this project to get his whole community um, all having all of their household elect, uh, appliances run by electricity, so no gas and so on, and, yep. and all powered by renewables. And then normally when I hear people talk about stuff like this, my eyes kind of glaze over. I find it hard to understand. He explains it all so clearly, and you kind of walk away going, oh, that doesn't actually seem all that hard. Like, it feels <laughs> like that's right. sort of pretty easy to get that sorted. So it makes you feel, you kind of watch it and you go, oh, right, okay, that's not so bad. So he's, he's like a compulsive optimist, which is in, yeah, in today's yeah. society we need more of. And how, yeah. can, how has, he, has he got big reach for the, for this kind of program? Is well, he... he's, te he's testing it out in his local suburb, um, and so they've got this thing called Electrify 2515, which is in their area. And so all the communities kind of, or a lot of people are signed up to it. But what he's making the point that, you know, if you want people to convert to stuff like this, it's cheap over the long term, but there's high startup cost if you yeah. want to convert yeah. solar. Or say if you're looking at getting an electric car, at the moment they're just out of reach for most people. So he he's making the point, if we want people to convert, they're willing to do it, but you just need a bit of help from the government money-wise to be able to get it get it going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he's kind of explaining, like, here's what the benefits are and here's what's required. Then you see all the people in his suburb getting on board, so it's good. Well, well, well if climate change was real... Uh, we'd have a great discussion. <laughs> you know my thoughts on this. Uh, sooner rather than later, it is the most uh, pressing issue of our time. Will you come and chat to us from time to time? I, yeah, I love talking to you on air. I love what you bring to the table every time. Um, we've got one more question yeah. for Lee before oh, she goes. here we go. Don Perrottet, we, we've got him at 8 o'clock. What's you the know, one question you would ask him if you were sitting right here? 
Do you know, when you raised that before and then we went to a break, I was just racking my brains going, okay, come on, think, think. But because I've switched off, like, it, my brain, it's tumbleweeds, man. I've got absolutely nothing for you. There you go. Could That's you okay. I'm going to ask you about tumbleweeds. Could you, <laughs> could you have imagined a year ago, Mick, when you were getting yeah. me on, that you'd ask me, like, a basic political question? I'd go, yeah, mate, nothing. I've got absolutely nothing. I've got nothing. nothing. Do you know what it is? Your brain is blocking that pathway. Yes. That good. neural pathway. Good. There's a big neural bouncer standing there going, shock, no. shock. <laughs> F off, you like. <laughs> Thanks again. The Daniel show Lee. is Australian Story. It's the ABC tonight. Um, good on you, Lee, and we'll speak to you again soon. See you guys. Bye, darling. Bye. Bye. Lovely day today. I, I don't know if it like is. Love- no? <laughs> I don't know. What, what are you feeling? I'm just disappointed. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I'm disappointed. Why? MG, oh, you always let me down. Oh, I thought we had a special relationship. We, have. we, have. we don't. Personally, I wake up. After being operated on, I have a vasectomy. I wake up. The Did first face I wanted that? to see was MG. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'd be there, bedside, when I came round. Possibly holding hands. Mm. I don't know. Then the next week I find out you went on a pub crawl in Penrith and didn't invite me. You went on a pub crawl with your mates. Yep. Right? And you went out and you... You know how much I love that. I know. So I would have killed to have been there. Now I find out you bought a winery. <laughs> and I, I find out after it's all happened. I mean, I... I could have done that. I could have. What is it, mate? Can I I make it up to you? How are you going to do that? Well, by the way, just before we get there, the winery, what was was the glass of wine that did it for you? um, It would have been the (laughs) Sav Blanc. The Sav Blanc. The the Sav Blanc. It was was a really, it was like like a little bit of fruity but dry. And I like that. No, but not buttery? No, no, not buttery. Fruity but dry. Yes. Now, can I ask you this? The winery is called Lily Pilly. Billy Pilly Wines at Leeton, yes. At Leeton. And uh, so are you going to be stomping the grapes? Like, I know you're an investor, <laughs> but how involved are you? Well, oh, I'm going to be involved as much as I can. Oh, well, can I come out there? You won't take me on a yeah, pub call, but I, can I come out there and do a wine okay. tasting or something? Next time, well, I thought we are going to go to Mudgee for do a show out there. Well, that would kill two birds with one stone. Then we go to our, our new vineyard at Leeton. Too much. So, we have to pace out. They make wine at Mudgee? Yes. Uh, yeah. Take that tone out of your voice <laughs> yes, when you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what what type of wine? What type oh, of... bread wine. Beautiful bread wine. Yeah, port. Uh, cooking Beautiful wine, I'm guessing. Wood. No. <laughs> cooking wine. Something yeah. you can tip into a pasta. You, uh, I, reckon you'd be, I reckon you'd be legless after half a sip. True or not? Be a two pot screamer for sure. <laughs> yeah. Incorrect. Oh, so you got a bit. Of, you got endurance. I had to to work on this show. It was part of the CV. <laughs> now, what do you? Well, okay. So mainly play Penrith. How are you going to make it up to me? This when is, are you going to take me this, out this in Penrith? Where, why can't we go out there and have a crack? This is what we're going to do. Okay. I, I, I even think as a team we should do a little bit of a fact finding mission and go out to Penrith. I know the whole team's coming. Well, I thought it was you and me. What do you mean? Well, I thought, we, we thought it was a bonding exercise between oh, me well, and Oh, we got included. Yeah. yeah look, oh, maybe this in is a later day. Yeah. Okay, I get what you mean. Do you get what you mean? Like a, yeah. like a real... I mean, you have to have a... Not like a date date. No, but, but a you and, you and me, yep. two blokes on the town, like yep. sailors on shore leave. <laughs> as, you say, up rough. as you keep saying, <laughs> you're welcome, ladies. Okay, well, if the team has to come, they can come. But what are we doing? <laughs> okay, I'm just looking at the uh, the NRL draw. In in round six, um, Penrith take on Manly at uh, Blue Bet Stadium on Saturday the 8th of April at 5.30pm. We're going to go? We're going. Oh. We're going. We're going to go to the Paceway beforehand. We're going to have a couple of beers. Where are we going? So that's a, what's that local pub? Right next, right across the road from the... Oh, see you there. And then we're going to go to the game. We're going to get kicked out Russell Crowe style. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, I am so. Do I hear box? Yes. Oh, you Probably, had me at hello. We're going to sit in the Hertz box. Okay. And then we're going to go go, go to the club after it for a nice few Is that drinks. The Panthers? Panthers. Penrith Panthers. Penrith Panthers. Fantastic. Are you excited? That'll be like a royal visit. Will you look after me? What are you going to wear? <laughs> Hmm, let me think. Maybe Lederhausen or something like that. So that's it. And then what? We I stay at your place yes. for the night? Yeah. Well, yeah. I've got, I've got plenty of room for you, mate. Top and tailing? Or what are we oh, doing? you get your own room. See, this is the weird thing with boys' trips. You all sleep together. Yes, we like sleeping well, together. Don't, don't, take, don't act like it's a bad thing. It's just a bonding exercise. It's occurred for... It's a load of fun, you know. You get used to it. Your first prison stays. <laughs> Let's you know <laughs> what do you think is the big ticket issue that will decide this election? Top of the agenda. I think there is a general consensus, unfortunately, across federal and state politics, lesser of the two evils. People are very uh, disenchanted with politics at the moment, but I think top of the agenda for a lot of people right now, cost of living mm. and the housing crisis. Not wrong. Well, let's speak to one of those two evils <laughs> right now, <laughs> Natasha <laughs> Belling. That is the least warm welcome I've ever heard. <laughs> Thanks, Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, that, Premier. That's the voice of uh, Dominic Perrottet, uh, the Premier. You, you heard it from uh, Natasha Belling. What, uh, how do you combat that idea that politics is on the nose right now in this country? Well, you've got to be genuine, Mick, and you've just got to make sure that uh, you continue to do the work every single day for the people of our state. And that's what my team does. And with our plan, we know, as Natasha said, the challenges around cost of living um, for, how, for families right across New South Wales, making ends meet is a real challenge, particularly in a high inflationary environment with interest rates rising. It, it's really difficult for families right now. And we've got an economic plan to make sure we continue to build the infrastructure but put downward pressure on household budgets across our state. All right, well, let's put, let's, uh, put some meat on the bones here. So specifically for our audience, and let's be honest, they, they're largely out there in the western suburbs in some of the seats and they're directly affected about this cost uh, of, of living. Tell them what you're doing. Tell us about the stamp duty changes that you're enacting. Well, Mick, we announced yesterday that for first home buyers um, across New South Wales, rather than having to pay that tens of thousands of dollars in stamp duty, which takes many people a number of years to save for, that they will be able to either uh, pay that uh, stamp duty or alternatively, alternatively pay a smaller annual amount, not just for their first home, uh, but for the rest of their life as they go through uh, their life's journey. So as their family expands, they can make that choice. So in context, that would mean you know, rather than paying around $50,000 upfront, they can have a choice of paying a smaller amount of $2,000 and people will make a choice that suits uh, their own uh, family needs. Um, And it's all about giving options for people, particularly young people, because we can't have an Australia that can't house its children. We'll do everything we can so that people can reach the great Australian dream. Here, here. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of doom and gloom, Dom, um, out there at the moment. And, and let's not forget, we've just come off the back of two of the worst years we've ever faced as humans, not just in our state, but all around the world. Um, I've got a big family. I've got a small business. Um, I've got a mortgage. Um, everything seems stacked against me for trying to get up in life. How is there where, – where is the sun on the horizon for guys and girls who are in my position? Mark, can I say this at the start? We, as you said in, in the question um, – it has been a bloody tough couple of years yep. um, and our and, and our people in our state have got through it. So I know it's been difficult, but we've all got through this together. So despite the challenges that are coming our way, we will get through these ones as well. Now, from a state perspective, uh, we have over $7 billion in cost of living relief 
and whether that's through our back to school vouchers, which is providing support for parents getting their kids back to school, uh, with the cost of shoes and uniforms, our active kids vouchers, uh, which are helping families be able to pay uh, for the cost of sports. I don't want any mum or dad across our state in these difficult times to pull back on investments in their children. Um, so whether it's active kids or, or creative kids, which helps uh, children get involved in extracurricular activities like music lessons, um, our energy rebate, uh, which will come in uh, in July, which is $250 off every bill. Uh, with our economic plan, we're doing everything we can to help families. I know it's tough, but I want to say to your listeners as well, we've got through the last two years and we're going to get through this as well. Premier, with all respect, and I agree, every dollar counts. Your back-to-school vouchers, they, if you've got two children, add up to about $300. Your energy rebates, every dollar counts. But right now, and you're going to create tens of thousands of jobs in Western Sydney over the next five years, we need relief right now. People cannot afford their mortgages, they can't afford to rent, they can't afford their tolls, and they can't afford their electricity bills. What are you doing right now to ease the cost of living pressure? Well, Natasha, if you go to the Service New South Wales website and through our savings finder, there is no state in this country uh, uh, that is providing more cost of living relief for families than we are here in our state. And so every dollar does count. And it's not just, it's not just one, uh, one scheme that we have in place. We have a number. And the vouchers which I put together when I was treasurer, which we've continued through Service New South Wales, uh, provides hip pocket relief for families right across New South Wales. Now, you're right, it's not a panacea, it's, it, but every, I, know, I know as a father at this difficult time, every dollar helps. And from our state government perspective, we're using the New South Wales budget to help families' budgets right across our state. And I say to, to, to your listeners today, please go onto the website because what we do find is we have these measures in place. Not everyone takes them up. So they're available as a savings finder there where you can see what's available for you and for your family. All right. Well, good luck to you, Premier. It's going to be a big mountain to climb. You did enjoy a bump in the polls today, I noticed, so there might be some light uh, for you and your uh, government at the end of the day. Maybe that bumps in relation to retaining the Sydney test, which <laughs> yes. may just still get you across the line, Premier. <laughs> well, instead, we've got, we've got Mike get in trouble. There. We're attacking Adelaide but it wouldn't be a speech about Sydney if I didn't. When we think of Australia, we think of this. Uh, we don't think of Rundle Mall. Um, but, but... <laughs> okay. My advice to you, Premier, I wouldn't be visiting South Australia <laughs> in the next couple of years, but we'd well done. The Sydney test will remain where it is. This could be the Philip you need. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good day, mate. From rugby league brawls to media scrums, from green grass stains to red carpet burns, from hit-ups to Hollywood. With the latest in entertainment news, it's OMG, MG. OMG, MG. You're bringing it today, big fella. Uh, what else has come across your desk? Well, uh, you might be able to tell us more about this, Mickey, because yeah. there's a restaurant in Melbourne um, called Mr Miyagi's yeah. where uh, actor... Our very own Russell Crowe and his girlfriend Brittany were denied service um, at the restaurant for not meeting the smart casual dress code, according to the report. Apparently, Russell went there wearing a brand new Ralph Lauren polo, having just played a game of tennis and was turned away. Um, the restaurant doubled down, but saying that we treat everyone the same. It doesn't matter who you are. If you are Russell Crowe, we, we've got our dress code and that we push across every level. So, All right. So he's turned up uh, piping hot after a game of tennis with his girlfriend and been turned away. Yep. 
at the door. My report is he didn't take it very well. Here's what he said when they asked him for ID. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. He <laughs> will have his vengeance. <laughs> and then he was, after they asked him to leave, this is a conversation, he was overheard having this conversation with his girlfriend. At my signal, <laughs> unleash hell. On <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. What would you do if I was if I was if I was doing if I was thrown out of Mr. Miyagi? Do you know what I would do as they came for me? I'd do the crane. Daniel <laughs> son. Wax on, uh, wax, wax off. off. Uh, well, Russell Crowe, uh, that seems a bit over the top. He is our Russ, yeah, and he is good. What else have you got? Well, my as you mentioned, uh, my, own, my my ongoing feud, which is only from my end, not his. This why it is you and Marky Mark well, can't see eye to eye. He's on your list. He's he's, he's top of the list with the Rocky. Yeah, them two are on top of my list. What, what what's well, your beef with him now? Well, Mark Wahlberg again has um, given me reason to have him at the top of my list because he appears on TV with a marked forehead, and that's not too bad. Um, the Catholic actor got candid about his religious beliefs on Wednesday. When he stopped by an American morning TV show to, uh, with an ashen smudge on his forehead. He put um, it in a, a, like, like his Ash, yeah, Ash, Ash Wednesday. What's it signify? So it's Ash Wednesday yeah. for Catholics. It's beginning of Lent and you go to Ash Wednesday Mass and they put a yeah. ash on your forehead. I couldn't care less, to be honest. Uh, good luck for you if that's your go. Not mine, but why? Well, I see if someone else turned up with ash on their forehead, you'd go, what kind of creepy cult's that? <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, this is, what he, this is how he explained himself. It's, it's a balance. I don't want to jam it down anybody's throat. Yeah. Oh. I do not deny my faith. That's, that's an even bigger sin. You know, it's not popular in my uh, industry, but, you know, I cannot deny my faith. It's important for me to share that with people, but I have friends from all walks of life and, and all different types of faiths and religions. So, you know, it's important to respect and honour them as well. Hey, he didn't deny his faith when he whopped out his massive schlong in Boogie Nights. <laughs> And congratulations to the great city of Sydney. Uh, what a weekend, a memorable one, and a fantastic celebration of life and inclusiveness. And maybe Sydney's back, you know, what I, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like even more than just that event, it felt like all of a sudden a return. It's uh, buzzing. To pre-COVID uh, hopefulness and uh, energy. Optimism. And optimism, as reflected in the antics of our own Prime Minister, <laughs> who was the first to participate in the parade. Good on him. And may have had a couple of lily pillies. <laughs> I, I, I reckon uh, when, he, when he gave uh, this parade side interview... Much before you've marched in Mardi Gras before, but as Prime I think Minister, this is my 35th Mardi Gras. Uh, the, the first, first one was 1983. I'm showing my age there. But first one as Prime Minister, that is a significant moment. Well, it's uh, a, a moment that it's unfortunate that I am the first, but this is a celebration of modern Australia. We're a diverse, inclusive Australia, and that's a good thing. And he was wearing chaps at the time, so good on him. Oh, good on him. Uh, well done, everyone, for uh, participating in that. Uh, do you know what? It won't hurt, hurt him. A, a bit of drunken oh, behaviour oh, from yeah. our Prime Ministers does go well. We'll remember... Bob Hawke at the cricket. Yeah. We, well, remember Bob Hawke? We, we had a Prime Minister who had a Guinness Book of Record for sculling a yard glass. That should get you re-elected every time. Who's on the show tomorrow? 
Uh, we have. Oh, no. question without notice. No, no, I know Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Doctor Chris Brown. Doctor Chris, Chris Brown. Yes. What were you going to say? We're all on the show tomorrow. Uh, well, you might. Well, be. not all you, of us. The way you've been in the air breaks, you might not be. See me in my office, <laughs> yeah. wherever that is. Bye. Nick Malloy, MG in the morning.